Yes, it's me, Mark Stone, and this is the Backseat Driver Podcast. I'd like to welcome to the Backseat Driver Radio Show, the one, the only, Mark Dawson. No problem, Mark. Thank you very much for inviting me. Now, besides being, um, there's an ironic thing here, Mark happens to be my mechanic who uh, has got to know more and more about the Morgan that I own. You know, in fact, he knows more about the Morgan that I own than I know about the Morgan I own. But when he's not underneath the Morgan, Ferraris and various other pieces of Exotica, he's a leading light in Hangar 42, which is based at Blackpool Airport. What exactly is Hangar 42 based at Blackpool Airport? It's exactly what it says on the tin mark. It's a hangar. <laughs> <laughs> the clue's in the name. The clue's in the name. It came about years and years ago, 2009, we had our leader, who's called John Coombs. Yeah. And his passion was Spitfires. Mm. Now, They're the one with wings, not the cars. Yes, let's talk, let's talk. <laughs> aviation. <Yeah. laughs> now, his passion is Spitfires. And as he lived in Lytham St. Anne's, there was one pilot, Sergeant Alan Lever Riding, who was shot down over uh, the English Channel in 1941. Yeah. And his main passion was to actually get his Spitfire on a pole at Fairhaven Lake. Right. And the only way he could do that was by a replica. And um, after years and years of development, it eventually, over about £10,000 worth of work, it eventually got erected at Fairhaven Lake. Yeah. So it's a, it's a replica. It's not, it's not the Spitfire he crashed in. It's not the Spitfire. It's an exact replica yeah. of... The Spitfire that he crashed in. The Spitfire he crashed in is still at the bottom of the channel. Right. Um, which is unfortunate, but um, the actual serial code was W3644. And unfortunately, he died. And he did have relatives that were living in Lytham St. Hans. Mm. Um, so... John, had, with the team, has raised enough money to erect that exact replica at Fairland Lake, which is a tribute to Sergeant Alan Lever riding. Now, just wasn't it, this, this was one of these Spitfires that the town bought, wasn't it? Lytham St. Anne's raised, in um, 1941, about £6,500, yeah. which was the going price For a to Spitfire. buy a Spitfire. Yeah. And Blackpool also bought three other Spitfires yeah. um, in the surrounding areas because it, it was quite it was quite the thing to do at the time. It was like a, a patriotic gesture yeah, and a sponsorship to buy the town its own Spitfire. The country needed it. Yeah, they, they needed sponsorship from towns to have enough money to run that war effort. Yeah, and it's how they did it in them days. They yeah. wouldn't do it now, but they did it in them days. Yeah. It's a quite a. It's it was quite a, a thrilling adventure. Yeah. To say the least, and a lot and a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, by doing that, John had bought another Spitfire. <laughs> which, <laughs> like you do, like you do. Yeah. Let's buy two. Yeah. And eventually, it became the Lytham Sentence Spitfire Display Team. Yeah. Where, during. Events through the year and air shows, we would drag our 
sorry bottoms yeah <laughs> with a spitfire on the trailer to air shows 1940s events corporate events you name it yeah if we could get there for the money we will get there. So working on the theory of these replicas, you, you, can, you can take them in bits and transport them about. Very easily. Yeah. Very easily. <laughs> if on a good, a good team of four lads, we can have that Spitfire on that trailer in 20 minutes. Yeah. And then we're off home. Uh, get into an event, no problem, erect it, and then we generally have a good look around the show, and then we'll, what's better than sitting next to a Spitfire? All weekend. Yeah, because, I mean, you guys, I mean, I have the little brochure in front of me. You guys put all the gear on as well, don't you? I mean, it, it, it's it's fully authentic. You're not sat there in your football team shirt and a pair of jeans or a pair of shorts. You are looking the part. Depending on the event, yeah. if we're doing a corporate event normally or an air show, we will do corporate clothing where yeah. we will have our Lytham Sentan Spitfire display, T-shirts on, combat trousers. We do look the part. Yeah. If we're going to a 1940s event, which is more common nowadays, then most of the lads will dress in period clothing. Yeah. And when I say dress, it's private purchase clothing. Yeah. We don't take any money from anything from the Lytham Sentence yeah. Fire Display team. So I'm not being funny. I mean, I'm fortunate enough that I'm classed as a brand ambassador for Mortalita, who produced the, uh, the 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 original RAF Irving jacket, of which I've had one for many years, and they are they're serious money. But if you can get a genuine ex RAF fighter pilot one, they really are serious money. You will if you came across one that was not too battered. You could easily pay a thousand, twelve hundred quid for one. Yeah. The Irving ones that you and I have, mm. they're, they're still serious 800, 900 Eight, nine quid. Yeah. I think the last time I priced mine up, it was like just short of a 1,000 quid. Yeah, and <laughs> the, but they are made beautifully, perfect. Well, they're still made on the original machines, aren't yes. they? The original yes. passes and the original yeah. machines. So when you, when you put it on, you really are putting a piece of history on your back. There is a lot of replicas out there. Um, different brands, different makes do look tacky. Yeah. But some people will get away. It's affordability. Yeah. If if we do an air show, yes, we're in corporates. If we do a 40s event, I prefer to dress in actual genuine yeah. articles. It's like I said, I have the brochure here and you're sat here. You, there's a picture of you with all the tackle on. All that is genuine. Yeah. Apart from the Mae West flying jacket. All right. Um, it does need no, battery no, no, in a the bit. life jacket. But saying that, a replica Mae West life jacket still commands quite a lot of money if they're well made. Yeah. And they look perfect. But they are, that one is a good example. Yeah. And uh, I say I picked that up 270 quid. Yeah. But it, it is perfect in all ways. Yeah. And coincidentally, one of our team, who's very good seamstress, he makes the uh, 1932 pattern ones, yeah. which are a different colour, but they're very authentic. Yeah. Um, you don't put the sheepskin trousers on an old, do you? If I had them, I would. Yeah. Because sometimes in anger, it gets rather cold. The ch- rather it chill. does. The sheepskin boots and everything else. I have the sheepskin boots. Yeah. They're a genuine article. But I don't like to walk around too much. Yeah. You're walking around in history, yeah, and you're damaging me. It's <laughs> it's quite a lot. They do do replicas. I yeah. have a pair of replicas. 
they're quite nice. Yeah. But there's nothing like being stood next to a Spitfire in the real kit. Yeah. Because someone will come along, especially me. Yeah. Who's a bit pernickety with uniforms, and I will pick faults. Yeah. With people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will point and say, that's a wrong badge. That's not brassed up right. Yeah. And I am a bugger for that. <laughs> now, I mean, so what exactly does Hangar 42 house? We house two Spitfires, a one Hurricane, and on occasions we do, when we've got space, a multitude of military vehicles. Yeah. The most prolific one is the Fuel Bowser. Yeah. It's an OQL Fuel Bowser, and I think if... Correct me if I'm wrong, I could be wrong if anyone's listening. I think it is the only mobile one in this country. Yeah. And it's quite well looked after, and it's quite genuine. Although the rear pump unit yeah. is our cafe unit. <laughs> on, a, on an event, <laughs> it's got the gas stove in it, yeah. on a fuel bowser. <laughs> People look at it strange. Yeah. Now, I mean, amongst other things, uh, if you think you haven't seen one of the uh, Hangar 42 aircraft you probably have because you were a regular on the old Foils War weren't you and various other television programmes well we've been <coughs> BBC Land Girls yeah and Foils War the Home Fires yeah and the Halcyon we have also done small budget films yeah and um, one Nice little film was called Lancaster Skies. Yes, I've um, heard of that one. We, I think I, I think I actually have that. Yes, I am in that. Oh, <laughs> yes. Can oh, I have your autograph no, before you yeah, go? Okay. My, my legs are in it, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the bike that I restored drives past the Spitfire. Yeah, or rides past it, and that I must admit. That was filmed on Lytham Green. We did have a different film location, but with the trailer, we couldn't get on it. So yeah. we said, we phoned Blackpool Council up, can we just bang on to Lytham Green and do yeah. a bit of filming? Yeah. And I can understand why these film people just get peed off. Yeah. Because it's I was, you stand there for hours and hours after take and take, and it's freezing. But it's turned out to be a low-budget film that's gone worldwide. Yeah. And it, it's it's quite an interesting film. Yeah, uh, I'll have to rewatch it and look out for your legs and live them green, etc. <laughs> it were a quick part. Yeah, <laughs> when we went to Longridge, uh, the cinema there to watch it. All the team, mm. and I had to sit to the end. Yeah, with wife, and I'm saying, wait, 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 look. <laughs> There, there, there they are. <laughs> are you with the credits at the end as well? I'm on the credits, <laughs> which is which is brilliant. We've also recently um, been hosted with Most Haunted. All right, who've took quite an interest in the hangar. Yeah, apparently it is haunted. Don't yeah. and what what knocks about in there? Well, it's funny when I were down last. We have, in the uh, at the back of the hangar, we have uh, a dispersal hut. Yeah. A hand-built dispersal hut. Complete with bell. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll run like hell. And <laughs> yeah. Our leader, John, was in a meeting with um, one of the Blackpool Council characters, and they were sat in the dispersal hut, because it, it were cosy. Yeah. Nobody in the hangar at yeah. all. Nobody. 
So he said. Yeah. And they, they were, they, it is Camrod. Yeah. Is this hanger. And they both saw something walk past the dispersal hut windows. Yeah. And John didn't say anything mm. for a minute and he said, Did you actually see that? And this councillor said, Yes, I did. Yeah. He said, I will tell you now there is nobody in the hangar. Yeah. So most haunted, I've got a real interest in there. Yeah. Have you, have you any clue who or what it is? You can't tell. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a great believer in. Yeah. All so, of so that, there's no stories that uh, old jock type no, of thing no, come no. to a sticky end in there one evening no. after he'd been enjoying a few uh, few whiskies or two. It could be anything. <laughs> to, to be honest, the doors rattle in the wind. Uh, there's bumps, bangs everywhere. Most... No, you're not talking about my Morgan again, are you? <laughs> <laughs> most haunted, knowing most haunted, will make a meal of it. Yeah. But um, they could well be. There could well be something there. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I've yet to actually go over one night and do this most haunted bit and just be interested. Yeah. Um, what I would love to do is just to hide in the Spitfire. Yeah. Until they've all started. Yeah. And then jump up. Then jump out. That, gear will, that, that will... <laughs> But you can't really do that, can you? <laughs> so, I mean, one of the things you do, and last Sunday, of course, I had a ride over. You have open days and, uh, like, fundraising events and things like that, don't you? Generally, um, on the first Sunday of every month, what we used to do is have an open day where we'd advertise it on social media and we'd have quite a packed audience. Yeah. Could be... Three or four hundred people going through the door in yeah. a day. Uh, obviously, due to this, the plague. The plague. Then what we've done now is actually opened every day. Yeah. Through August. All right. And it's our last one on the thirtieth. Although, yeah. I have heard that the sixth of September is another open day. Right. So, so when you've listened to this, folks, if you get yourself over there, it's it's the day to go. Sunday, I think, I'll be honest with you now, Sunday, and I didn't know this, I I was only Googling something the other day, apparently on Sunday they're doing a flyover um, of all the general hospitals in the area as an NHS thank you, and it's the the photo reconnaissance Spitfire, um, and I think they've got about 80,000 names written on this Spitfire, and it will... Should be landing, weather permitting, yeah. obviously, at Blackpool Airport about 11.30-ish, yeah. I believe, and then re-flying off about 2 o'clock. Yeah. So that... It's like we said, it, 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 it's the sound of a, of a, of a Spitfire. The sound. The sound. not what you said earlier. Yeah, it, it, yeah I say it's the noise. <laughs> Apparently noises, you don't describe it as noise, you describe no. it as sound. Noise is a nuisance and a destructive... <laughs> <laughs> So it's music, yeah, and sound. It, it is a beautiful. Yeah, the Merlin cannot be beaten. No, apart from maybe the Jet Age and the Vulcan. Yeah, that is unsurpassable. Yeah. So I mean, besides all this, what what do you do with with all the funds that you raise, etc.? What do you do? Because I mean, ultimately, you will be a, a form of charitable organisation, won't you? We're not a we're, we're not a charitable organisation. Everything we make through funds goes into the hangar complete. Yeah. You name it, a bulb, floor paint, 
curtains, which we don't have. Curtains? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything goes back into the rebuild. Yeah. We are currently um, trying to fundraise for new hangar doors. Yeah. They are the old corrugated slide doors, which have seen obviously Blackpool far better front. days. Yeah, <laughs> far better days, and a, a lot and a lot of a lot of sea breeze and salt. And if we're right in the breeze of it, yeah. And when it does blow, it blows, and you do fear, yeah, they will come off one day, yeah. And so, <laughs> we're, the, and what we've so got you could be stood there one day, we handling your hand. <laughs> yeah, or a flattened Spitfire. Yeah. <laughs> so that is a priority. Yeah. We are also um, in the process of trying to get an airspeed Oxford airframe or main fuselage up on display. Yeah. This is. What's one of them out of vague interest? Airspeed Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was basically a, a transport aircraft, All right. 1930s to, to 40s. Yeah. Uh, like the three-runner, like the, the, the quarters. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <clears throat> That's all it was. And the thing about Blackpool is Amy Johnson, yeah. lady pilot, she was the first to fly solo from London to Australia. Yeah. Now... Unfortunately, via Blackpool, yeah. <laughs> she did. She did land at Blackpool because she did have a relative at uh, Stanley Park somewhere around yeah. there, and she stopped and visited. To which the relative said, "You've come wrong way, love." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrong road in. Yeah, but unfortunately, her last flight was from uh, Presswick when when she stopped over at Blackpool. Yeah, that was the last time her sister saw her, and yeah. um, she crashed. Down at Herne Bay in the London Estuary, yeah, round there, never to be found again. Yeah, unfortunately. So I think I mean that was the problem. Like early aviation was, shall we say, it was a hit and miss. Hit and miss. No sat nav. No. No radio. Well, radios as such, but uh, you had a map on your knee. Yeah. And that's all you had. Well, I'm not being funny. It's like the um, the Women's Auxiliary Air Force, isn't it? I mean, they used to fly about, and it was maps and uh, auxiliary air transport. Well, yeah. they, uh, and it was like landmarks. They used to, if it were cloudy, they were a bit shot at, really, weren't they? Not well, literally at times. Uh, but they used to fly via landmarks, very much like little helicopter pilots fly around today. The the they follow motorways and things like that. Yeah, don't they? follow motorways. Yeah, uh, or in those days. No motorways. No. It used to be river networks. River networks and villages, yeah, and with, villages with with, with recognisable spires, spires yeah, and yeah, things spires. like that. Yeah, that's all they had. But the amazing thing about the women pilots is they would fly anything. So oh yeah, they could fly a Spitfire from A to B. B to C could be a Lancaster bomber um, on their own. Oh yeah, oh they were on yeah. their own. They didn't have a co-pilot. No. Off they went. Off they went, and when they landed, the lads on the ground. Where's your crew? Yeah, uh, this is it. Yeah, <laughs> and that—that's all they got. And these tales about them being told, "Oh, you can't fly that. You, no, you're no, you're no. a woman. Yeah. Women don't fly these things." Well, actually, they did, but, and, they, and, <laughs> and it held the war effort very much so. Yeah, because it, it it freed our lads up to get into that cockpit and do the job yeah. that they were trained for. Yeah, that's um, so. Hats off! To, hats off to actually everyone in that war period. Yeah. Never mind RAF, they were RAF, Army, Navy, mm. you name it, Coastal Command, down to Joe Public. Yeah. They all did the bit. 
and in them days it was fantastic. You try and do that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, the red tape would be phenomenal, won't it? Red tape. <laughs> A red tape and I don't uh, want to And these do. days, oh, you can't fly down there. You'll have to quarantine yourself for two weeks when you land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would, it would. It, it's very much like that. But um, unfortunately, in this day and age, a lot of the youth wouldn't do it. No. Hats off to those that are doing the job now. Yeah. And doing a fantastic job. But in them days, everybody had their mark on it. Yeah. And the ironic thing was, one of the uh, one of the famous lady pilots, I mean, there were quite a few of them, I can't remember the name, was Diane Bernardo, who was the daughter of Wolf Bernardo, who mm. was the guy that raced and won for Bentley at Le Mans mm. and drove the famous blue train Bentley. So it's surprising how it all comes back to... Uh, cars. To cars <laughs> and everything else. But, I mean, a lot of the people, a lot of the women who flew, and it's like you said... Your setup, Hangar Forty Two, has like a, a a link with them. Did it because they were they, they were keen amateur pilots. It was it was their hobby in many yes. ways, and they just put a unit. And it took a long while for the RAF and everybody else to actually recognise them as as a proper setup. It it did. It there are not just the RAF, the army. It took a long time to recognise women as a role. In their forces, yeah, they just thought until then they like your, made, they your, made pots of tea, didn't they? You're, you're better in a munitions factory, yeah, putting shells together, yeah, or working a lathe, yeah, which was still a man's job, and they did a great job on that, yeah. But they they did encroach into the armed forces, yeah. and they did a bloody fine job, yeah. They did a hell of a good job. So. Are, are there are there women who take part in all this? I mean, do you have to dress up as a WAF periodically? <laughs> Only at weekends, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do have... There's, there is quite a lot of female um, volunteers there who will dress up yeah. in good period uniforms. Yeah. Uh, it is harder for the ladies to find the genuine articles. Yeah. So many of them will be... Um, Retro uniforms made up, yeah, but authentic as they can be, yeah, as or what they can afford, yeah, basically. Um, many of them will be in overalls because you still had um ladies doing all the mechanicals, yeah, so they just wear know. them like brownie town, yeah, brownie or town the, or blue overalls, yeah, and a scot of their head, uh, yeah, their hair in a scarf, yeah, is mandatory, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they all. Everybody the hangar tries their best to look as period as it can be because yeah. the hangar has to look a working museum. Yeah. It's not a museum with shiny floors and cabinets. Yeah. That's for Duxford. Yeah. That's very nice down there. Mm. Um, which, don't get me wrong, I lo- if I go to Duxford, I can spend days there. Yeah. Wife can't. <laughs> She'll walk dog around car park. I've seen it, seen it done. It bought the t-shirt. Yeah, you know, I'm going to stand in front of a Spitfire and look at it. Yeah, naked. <laughs> <laughs> Not me naked, but yeah. you know, engine yeah. cowls off. But it's 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 just fascinating standing there. Yeah, our museum. We have the replicas. You can't touchy feel them. Yeah, and because your replicas don't fly. Like where they just make this play, your replicas don't fly. They look, they look the part. But if we had three and a half million pound, we'd have one sat there. Yeah, another three and a half million pound, we'd have it flying. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, 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 it's like that. But to Joe Public 
all and sundry when they come in it is awe inspiring sometimes you can yeah. see the faces when they walk through that door yeah and they go and they've never seen a spitfire before and they just look at it and they just admire the hell out of it yeah and the best thing about it is we do have a charge of £5 to sit people in yeah and have their photos taken so, so the t- cockpit the cockpit's real <clears throat> etc the cockpit is about 90% genuine article yeah in there if we could afford it we would make it 100% yeah but what, what, what's missing well there's a lot of floor controls yeah we have to have a floor in it so people could put their feet down yeah the original Spitfires would have had rudder pedals yeah and a lot of cables and wires and you name it, it would be under the pilot. Yeah. So for health and safety, you get in, you stood on a wooden floor. Yeah. Basically. Uh, you know, the control column isn't real. Yeah. That's a replica. Um, a lot of instrumentation in there, if we can't afford it, yeah. most of our lads are engineers. Yeah. So what we'll do, we'll take a pattern or a photo... Uh, scale it yeah and we'll make things yeah I mean they they needed a gunfire button yeah they, uh, an original looking it's like an oblong aluminium gunfire button that's on the spade grip yeah you've machine guns cannons and the centre fires absolutely everything all at once yeah and I thought I'll, I'll have a go at making one what can I make it out of <coughs> A Vauxhall Corsa water pump. <laughs> I broke it up, melted it down, and seriously, I machined everything inside it with yeah. Schrader valves and pipework, so it would actually be a functional item. I did all this off. So if you linked it up to the, if you if you could get some gold to link it up, it would work. You didn't set them off. It would work. Yeah. Through air. Yeah. Pneumatic. Um, <clears throat> of course, I became Blackpool. Yes, <laughs> but it, it looks the part. Yeah. And. As engineers, if we can't buy it, we will make it because Spitfire instrumentation and controls are A, rare, B, expensive, and C, every bloody want everyone wants them as a souvenir. As a souvenir, just out of interest, the clocks in them were they made like were they were like Smiths or whatever? Were they proprietary company that made mainly Smiths? Right, right, yeah, but they are also uh, radioactive. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the actual <clears throat> the actual dial figures and paint yeah. in white is radioactive alright so it, it's not actually dangerously yeah but well, it's like the it's like the luminous buttons on the yes. watches I mean they banned that because they said if you got enough together you could make a nuclear bomb yes uh, as per usual with the governmental halfwits, they actually hadn't worked out how many millions of watches you would need to have bought mm. to come up with something that a Geiger counter might actually recognise, let alone blow some it up. But then you imagine all the aircraft that were built yeah. during the war, or pre-war, they still use that same old dials and paint. Yeah. So... They're, those that were making them yeah. <laughs> did suffer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I say, most of it is genuine and people that actually sit in the Spitfire don't realise what them lads went through. No. You you imagine the maybe the youngest pilot, 18-year-old, mm. he's got 10 hours training. I was going to say they had next to no training, Next to no they? training. The... 
before before the war, you would have had pilots that have already done flight school, um, been to Cranwell College, yeah. and they they were the hoo-hahs of mm. flying. Mm. But as the Battle of Britain came on, we're losing good pilots. Yeah. So to replace those good pilots, we're going down, not down the ranks as such yeah. and calling them commoners, but they were getting less and less. So 10 hours training, there you go, into a Spitfire, you've got over a 1,000 brake horsepower, yeah. four Browning machine guns and two cannons to play with. Yeah. Off your pop. There's a German up there. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm 18, 19 year old and 20. Yeah. That average age. And I think the problem was, back in the Battle of Britain, okay, the problem came is when the German pilots were shot down, they were a long way from home, the British pilots were half the time over home. Yeah, they went swimming. Yeah. <laughs> but the German pilots that they were up against were elite pilots. These guys yes. knew what they were doing. And the mesh, the ME-109 was, okay, it wasn't as manoeuvrable as a Spitfire, but it was still a serious piece of uh, aircraft, wasn't it? Was a serious piece of aircraft. They were a long way from home. Yeah. Admittedly, yeah. But they've already gone through uh, the Battle of France. Yeah. And gained massive experience. Yeah. Where our pilots, we're setting off on home ground, not going too far off home ground, mm. and coming back for tea and biscuits. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. So well, it, was the always, it was always the thing, eh? eh crumpet, crumpet at four o'clock, James, yeah, and everything and, else, and all the, pub, the jokes. Pub afterwards. And the pub afterwards, yeah. But saying, saying uh, that. And, and, and pick a waft type of thing, weren't it? <laughs> most pilots are portrayed as that. Yeah. But. In reality, they've they've joined the RAF. They have a serious job to do. Yeah, and they did it well, as well as the modern lads are doing their job, as well as they're doing that now. Yeah, so they had a serious job to. Many of them, many, suffered from fatigue, mental illness, yeah. breakdowns. Yeah, because you're flying from maybe a, a six o'clock in the morning sortie. And you're doing. You're coming back. You've fired. You've emptied your tanks. You've refueled. You may be doing six or seven sorties a day. Yeah, because as soon as they landed, yeah. apart from hopping out, to happen to have a, a pee okay. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. By the time you got back, by the time they are, you, they yeah. Your ground crew would refueled it, rearmed it, and everything it. else, and it's ticking over. Get back up yeah. there, and you're up. And they were. <clears throat> Really, really fatigued. So, yeah. yes, the pub came into play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Because you're on home ground, yeah. it's, it's, you had to do it. Yeah. But um, a lot of them were very experienced, very well trained, and hats off to them because they did a excellent job. Yeah. You can't fault that. But besides being able to sit in a cockpit of a Spitfire, uh, you also have a, a simulator, don't you? So, so you can actually... Pretend, well, I don't know whether pretend's the right way, you can actually have a go at flying one in its, in its own way. You never actually leave the ground, but... Pretend, but uh, it's damn near the real thing. I've been, and I've never been on the flight simulator, but I've been told that they are extremely realistic. They, I've been on a flight simulator um, down in Kent, and it were a, bit, a small cockpit, yeah. a jet... He were nattering in me here all. I thought, no, I want to fly this bloody thing myself, yeah. thanks. Go away. You know, yeah. <laughs> but our flight simulator, you'll walk into it, it is a full-size spit again. All right. But um, Andy Harper, who, who runs the show there, he's actually been... 
He's an electronic genius. Yeah. The amount of time he's spent getting every control gauge instrument on that to work yeah. and, and work properly. So it's not on a screen, you're actually looking at proper instruments working. You're looking at proper instruments, but to be honest, you're ignoring them because you're surrounded yeah. by probably a, about a 40-foot screen. So basically, you're looking at English you, you, countryside. You're looking at English countryside. More more often than not, it's Blackpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say I say Blackpool. Blackpool. Yeah. It is the resort of yeah. the UK. But yeah. Did they get many Messerschmitts over Blackpool? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Hitler visit once? Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, it is a stunning experience, I believe. I I haven't Have not had time. No, I'm always I call it work. Yeah. So when I get there, I will parade. Yeah. No parade. I'll do my job outside the Spitfire. And yeah. I will stay there all day. Hmm. Which spit. includes get your greasy mitts off of that sunshine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people are in, and I'll take photos, and I enjoy it yeah. all day long. It's just the people's faces. But the Spitfire Simulator, I do believe, is a, a one-off experience. Yeah. Is it in the hangar? It is in the hangar. He's got a, about a quarter of the hangar, all, right. bl- all blacked off. So he has his own bit. He has his you own You leave bit. him to his own devices. Yeah, he is noisy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, he does get on your nerves. But um, in there, he has an array of... You, you can dress up if you want. Or yeah. You can go in as off the street. Yeah. Or you can put the full kit on. Yeah. And he will stand there and run you through the procedures. Yeah. And as you're flying, he'll talk you through things. Yeah. And he's a, he's a calm character. Yeah. He's I conclude a, that you're just flying it. There's no combat. Uh, they can be if you want. All right. They can be if you want. Yeah. Because it's a flight simulator, he has different programs. Yeah. Just like the ones that you get on your... Your normal, computer games. Your computer games. Yeah. But damn sight bloody bigger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and hellishly more... Well, I have been told by pilots who, like, for the modern commercial jets, when they go on the simulators, of course, to, to, shall we say, be examined and everything else, when they're actually flying these things, the brain tells them they are flying an aircraft. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's not a case of it's like a box that rocks about. No, it has to be as authentic as it can be for them. Yeah. Because they're they're doing a hell of a risky job flying passengers. Mm. So... You get it wrong, you get it wrong on a flight simulator, and yeah. they probably go, whoops, oh dear, I'm yeah. still in a box and it's not going to really do much harm. Yeah. But in reality, they are very well trained. Yeah. So that has to be bob-on simulation. Yeah. Ours, yeah, it, it's fun and games. Yeah. Costly fun and games. How much does it cost to have a do with I think, I do believe, correct me, when you get there on Sunday, but I'm sure it's £85 for an hour. Right. Also, oh, you get a reasonable period of time. It's not one of these like ten-minute jobs. No, no, no. It's not sit you in, do that, shoot that message, and I know sod off. Yeah. <laughs> and it does take the time. Yeah. Um, to run you through every aspect of flying it. Yeah. And people have come out. I've I've seen them come out just smiling. And, yeah. Oh, smile from ear to ear. Yeah. And you think, yeah, it's better doing that. I'd rather spend like three and a half grand and go fly a real Spitfire. Yeah. You know, but, but the thing is, you don't get to fly it, you just get no, to be a passenger in one, one of the two seater yeah. ones. Which, 
would be thrilling. Yeah. But to actually sit on your own in a cockpit would be yeah. fantastic. And it, it is a fantastic experience. He's also got um, a Lancaster, part of a Lancaster fuselage there, yeah. where the radio bay and navigation section. Yeah. Where is it's up and coming, but he's doing kind of the same virtual reality yeah. trick in that. So you'll have a virtual reality headset on. Yeah. And it shows scenes, and I've, I've someone went in and tested it, and he came out and said, "Bloody hell, that is fantastic!" Yeah, it's like being there, and he is a genius on computer yeah. wizardry and and getting it real. Yeah, I, I've yet to sit in that and do that one. Yeah, and I think this Sunday, if it's not too busy, you I might have a do. I might just have a go at that. It depends how many people come through the door because I have to, I have to get people in that Spitfire. Yeah, we have to raise money. Yeah. So my job going. is to get them in, pay money, take the photos, get them smiling. I'll explain all different controls, yeah. every, anything they want to know about them, yeah. and um, just make them smile and make their day. Yeah, it, it's that's my job there. So if anybody want, if somebody visits and enjoys it, great. Can people get involved more so if they want? They can. We do have a, a volunteer sheet where they can fill it in. Yeah, and. They can come for an interview with John Coombs and anybody with any skills. Yeah. Whether it be joinery, woodwork, plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> they, they can do anything around the hangar. Yeah. You know, reasonable. Yeah. Then everybody's welcome to come and have a go. Yeah. The more the merrier. Because on these August open days that we've had, yeah. there's due to people working. Yeah. volunteers working then it is quite a limited number of yeah. volunteers that are sat there so if we get 10 people in all day yeah. and with 4 volunteers that's cosy yeah. if we had a coach load and a mad rush and yeah. with 4 volunteers then it's it's beyond risk assessment then yeah. we're getting a bit excited yeah. <laughs> and the thing is we do have artefacts there that okay respect to your public but they are tea leaves out there aren't they yeah. people take fancy so you have to keep an eye on, on you do stuff. keep an eye on things they are as a a working museum there's sharp objects yeah which are labelled you know people have to use common sense yeah don't trip over that rope yeah you know get up them steps don't slip yeah it, it's it is a risky yeah environment but it's real it has to be real yeah so if anybody wants to go and just have a look or find out about it, the website is all the W's, spitfiredisplayteam.co.uk. You can give them a ring on 01253 341902. You can donate, you can do what you want in many respects. Uh, there's private groups, you can arrive private appointments, there's all sorts you can do, but... Let's face it, to go and sit in a Spitfire, whether it's the real thing or not, is still one hell of a thing to do. It is. So, Mark Dawson, thank you very much for coming on the Backseat Drive Radio Show. You're with, welcome, Mark. It's thank me, Mark much. Stone, on the one, the only, Drystone Radio, 103.5 FM. But, I mean, go and have a look. We've been uh, we've been prisoners in our own house for quite a while due to the plague. So, um, uh, and go up. You've one more thing to tell us before we go. Just as Blackpool is getting into full livelihood again, yeah. the illuminations will be coming. They certainly will. Right. 
At the end of the Golden Mile is Gin Square Roundabout. Yeah. We've just put a spitfire on that roundabout for the illuminations. All right. Now, as people are passing... Yeah. If we, we want to raise money for the Hangar Project, for the Airspeed Oxford or Saving Amy Project, as yeah. we call it, and also we'd like to eventually raise enough money to get a warbird yeah. flying... At Blackpool Airport. Right. We do have a Piper Cub. Yeah. That does is actually airworthy. Yeah. It does go out now and then. Yeah. I wouldn't go in it. It's flimsy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my type of solid aircraft. Yeah. But the right colleague could pack. Yes. It is. It is a. It is an excellent example. Yeah. Just not my cup of tea. <laughs> but anybody that's is going through um, the lights at Blackpool. And they do pass around about. If anybody has a mobile phone, they can text Spitfire to 70331 just to donate £3. Yeah. Or as much as anybody can afford. We'll just love donations if they can. Go on, do it again. Take a picture and text it to Spitfire to 70331. Take a picture of the Spitfire and you're welcome to come down. Walk into Hangar 42 or donate in our charity boxes there. It's a great project, and most people that come down will put on TripAdvisor. Yeah, and what a great day they've had! The, it is. I've read. A, I've read quite a lot, and it and people do get excited by it, and I still get excited every Sunday when I go down. Mike Dawson, once again, thanks very much for coming on the Backseat Driver radio show. So get yourself down to the SpitfireDisplayTeam.co.uk. Go and have a look. Hangar 42, Blackpool Airport. Once again, Mark, thanks very much indeed. Thank you.